Tisha Bader and In the News, a new film on Netflix that explores Jewish-Black relations, co-written by Kenya Barris, the creator of Blackish, and Jewish comedian and actor Jonah Hill, who also stars in You People, a romantic comedy that not everyone finds funny. There are spoilers ahead, you've been warned. Melina Saval is a journalist, editor, book author, and screenwriter. Her piece on You People was published in Tablet Magazine. Thanks so much for being here, Melina. Thank you so much for having me. So your piece on the film is titled Jew People. And from reading it, I think it's fair to gather you are not a huge fan of the movie. Tell us why. Well, um, I think the movie is dangerous for a few reasons. Number one, it continues to spread tired, wary, um, anti-Semitic tropes that have been in play for almost thousands of years at this point. And the danger in that is that even when they are said within the context of the script and the film, which is being played for laughs because it is marketed as a comedy, there's never a rebuttal or response from the characters that are playing the Jewish family. So when things are said in the film, like there's a line about, you know, Jews came to the United States with the money they made off the slave trade. The characters in the film literally don't respond to refute said argument, which of course is absolute nonsense. Um, the there's you know another line um you know louis far louis farrakhan is who's the leader of nation of islam he is you know the father character who is a muslim is uh you know reveres this cleric and there's no mention of two things number one there's no mention that nation of islam is not islam there it's a false conflation Nation of Islam, Louis Farrakhan has been labeled, you know, a hate figure, an anti-Semite who's called Jews termites by various organizations from the Southern Poverty Law Center to um, the ADL. So this is a known hate figure and there's no mention of that. The film also draws upon so many stereotypes of older men, older Jewish men as pervert, perverts and deviants. Um, there's also a conflation of Jews, you know, Jews are lumped together with the rest of, you know, with all white people. Um, and as we know, Jews originated from the Levant originally. That's where all of Jews come from historically. So there's no mention of that. And at some point in the film, what's really kind of bizarre to me is this Jewish family, there's really nothing Jewish about them. They're just kind of there to be representative of all white people, which is just historical revisionism and just kind of plain odd. Um, and also what's dangerous about the film is it employs these anti-Semitic stereotypes, but sometimes it wraps them within other lines of dialogue that are valid. You know, like there is a line in the film which talks about the, you know, Blacks are targeted by police on the streets. Like, yes, 100%. That's a huge problem in the United States. It's a huge travesty. That's, you know, so much trauma. So it's like, yes, that is true. But then there's this false equivalence with Jews as being like the primary, you know, 
um, orchestrators of, of this violence and of racism in America. And so the film is very twisted and um, it really is sort of a hatchet job on the Jewish community. I, I, I totally hear what you're saying. I don't feel like the Jewish family or they are supposed to be representative and like responsible for um, what you just mentioned for like attacks on, on black people necessarily. But I do think that there's just missed opportunity here. It, it's so rare when we see black Jewish relations on screen anywhere really. Um, certainly much less uh, in a, in a, rom, in a rom-com, but it felt like, as you mentioned, the, the conversation about Farrakhan, the conversation about the slave trade, there could have been dialogue there to really address and to really open up a conversation about that. And as you said, educate about tropes that are not true. And that was a missed opportunity, in my opinion, um, almost more than being offensive. I just felt like this was like, a, a chance to have that talk, to address those tropes, to address those falsehoods. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I, you know, I, this is a thing. Um, I mean, two things. There is that moment at the end, the penultimate scene where uh, Julia Louis-Dreyfus, who is playing the mother, literally apologizes for racism on behalf of all white people and all Jewish people. So just to counter what you said, I actually do think Jews are blamed for, the trauma that has beset the black community, um, which is horrific and horrible. And the thing is, you know, Jews historically were, they were some of the people that were at the forefront of the civil rights movement. Um, you know, A.J. Heschel marching with um, Martin Luther King Jr. in Selma. Um, the some of the founders of the NAACP. You have Rabbis Hirsch. You have um, Stephen S. Weiss. So the Black and Jewish communities have a very historically important partnership and friendship there. And so, yes, I think the most damaging thing about this film is that it could have been a plum opportunity, a really crucially important opportunity to bring the two groups together to have conversations that are based on fact. Um, but this was not that film. And, and also to your point about, um, was it offensive or not? Or I, I forget exactly how you phrased it, but I also think it's important to note because I am some, somebody who is an entertainment journalist by trade. I think the film fails on every creative and comic level too. And, you know, anti-Semitism very rarely works to elevate art. I don't think it ever works to elevate art. And this is a primary example. The jokes were lazy. They were old. They weren't original. There was nothing new under the sun in this film. So it really didn't work as a comedy, even if that was as it was its intention. It failed. Okay. I mean, I have to tell you, I laughed at a bunch of things. And some of the things that you know you mentioned in your piece, I agree with were offensive and went went beyond and were missed opportunities, as I just said. Some of the things though I did think were funny, and I think were based in enough realism or authenticity that it was funny without be without for me crossing the line but of course it's a very subjective thing um i do think the film has some merit but what do you say to critics who say melina it's a rom-com it's a comedy do comedians have a responsibility to not offend you well i don't think that's the point i mean i think it's really important i'm a huge fan of comedy i cover comedy um, if something 
is really, really funny, it will make me laugh. It will make lots of people laugh. Um, so maybe it made you laugh and that is a subjective thing, but also I think it's important to remember that we're coming to this film from a very American Jewish perspective. So this is a film that is seen, Netflix is uh, plays in 190 countries, over 190 countries, I think, worldwide. So you have to understand that even if like you or even me intellectually understand that this is like nonsense, that it's being played for laughs, even if I'm not particularly impressed or think it's funny because there was nothing in it that I just thought was a good joke, to be honest, like, but um, for a lot of people around the world watching this, they don't have the benefit of that American perspective. So if someone's watching this in, in you know, I'll just throw out any countries, you know, it's in Japan or, or Lebanon or wherever it might be, Turkey, they don't like what you're saying. I get it was played for laughs in a lot of places. They don't understand that they don't. So when they hear Jews are responsible for the slave trade, they believe Jews are responsible for the slave trade as though they orchestrated the slave trade. They're not saying what, you know, even you have the intellectual capacity to understand. So that's why it's especially dangerous. This is something broadcast global wide. There's more than just America here. So it, you know, I've gotten emails from people in Israel, people in uh, uh, Japan, actually, who, you know, were like, one person asked, oh, I didn't know that Jews, you know, control the slave trade, like, legitimately, like, sincerely thinking that. And then, you know, a friend of mine in Israel saying that the film actually made him cry because it was so depressing to see that these stereotypes are still in play. Um, so some people might think that it was funny and that's fine. That's, you know, great. But I think you have to look at the large and whole, the majority of people watching this film global wide are not even going to get the jokes that you might've gotten. They're going to take it at face value and that's its danger. No, and I hear you. And obviously any piece of film or anything we see on screen or any work of art, it, it doesn't exist in a vacuum, right? We are in, um, a time in, in the US and certainly around the world as well that we see a rise in anti-Semitism and that and there are tensions at times with um, um, you know between black and Jewish relations when, as you said so importantly, there are these, there is a great history of partnership between the black and Jewish experience, which they sort of like they touch on in the film, but then it it falls apart. And again, an opportunity to say yes. Rabbi Heschel marked with Dr. King in Selma. Yes, the, the young men who went down to uh, Mississippi, um, they were black and they were Jewish uh, young men who went down and ultimately were killed for standing up for, for civil rights. So again, these are things, you know, you say it's a rom-com, could it tackle serious issues? It did tackle some serious issues, but other issues were, as you mentioned, kind of just sort of fizzled away and never got resolved or really addressed in the way that they should have been. I, agree I mean, there's with that. just a lot of, there's just a lot of ignorance. Like even the fact mm. like there's a line where it says Jesus, Jesus was half black and half white. And I think Jonah Hill says that Jonah Hill. Yeah. And look, and I, I love him. Because... He's very, I think he's funny. He co-wrote this film. We should just mention he co-wrote the film with Kenya Barris, who is the creator yeah. of Blackish. So you have a, a black writer and a Jewish writer, which is a great way to begin to write a film about black Jewish relations, right? We have two people who are very funny and bring their own experience. So um, you would think that that would lend a certain authenticity um, to it as well. Which, 
not necessarily. I, I, I think yeah, it does some, but, yeah. but but I hear you. Um, and I and I think, I think what you're saying also is that the the Jewish family, um, Ezra's family in the movie is sort of the ones who look ridiculous or over the top more more often than not in this in this story. Yeah, they come across as caricatures, as clownish. Um, there's just so many factual errors, you know, I mean, as we know, Jesus was, you know, born in Bethlehem, he's from Nazareth, you know what I mean? He's Palestinian, if anything, he was Jewish, you know, I mean, it was just things like that were weird. Um, the father figure played by David Duchovny was like a third generation podiatrist, which historically is probably not accurate because three generations ago, his family was likely living in a shtetl in which right. Jews were not allowed. So it's like not practicing podiatry in the shtetl. Yeah, it's so safe to say. I don't, yes. Yeah, it like I, I hear you. I don't I hear really you. see the value. Yeah, in continuing to you know promulgate these stereotypes which aren't true. Like I don't see how that's. I just for me it doesn't make me laugh because it's just not funny. I think that there's so much opportunity for incredible. Look, I mean, you have Jackie Mason, you have you know Modi Rosenfeld, you know, like who actually I think Modi Modi has a funny. Um, Modi tells one Holocaust joke, but is mostly about a Shabbos elevator. I won't go into the whole joke, but he's one of the few comedians that I've ever heard who can do a joke because it wasn't about what was funny was not about the Holocaust. It was about the Shabbos elevators. And anyway, you if you're very talented and you're very skilled and your intention is to create a film that sheds light on the importance of the Black and Jewish you know, relationship historically, it can be done. And there was such a tremendous missed opportunity for that to happen. Um, and it, it didn't happen. And I don't really see how continuing to disseminate lies about Jews and reinforce these anti-Semitic tropes or cult, you know, stereotypes are socially responsible or valuable as art. Um, that's just, you know, that's my take. And I think a take of uh, a lot of people that were, I mean, this film is stirring up a lot of people are upset. People are really mad and it's getting under their skin and really hitting them in a core level because anti-Semitism is something that, you know, affects the world in a systemic level. It's a poison that doesn't just affect the Jewish community. It affects all communities. It affects the black community. You know, if it it doesn't serve the black community at all to sow further division between blacks and Jews. It doesn't serve the Jewish community to sow further division. So I on those levels alone, I think that the film has been a colossal failure. You can read more about Melina's thoughts on you people in Tablet Magazine. Her article is right there. And Melina, thank you so much for joining us here on JBS. Thank it's you. an important conversation to have. Thank uh, you so much. We appreciate your input very much. Hope to have thank you back you so on JBS. Much. Yeah, thank you for having me. Thank you so much. Well, to offer up his viewpoint is David Suisa, publisher and editor-in-chief of Tribe Media, The Jewish Journal. David, thank you so much for being here. It's great to be here. Thank you. Your piece in the Jewish Journal is titled, Comedy Has Always Poked Fun at Stereotypes, So Why Are We Jumping on You People? Why are we jumping on you people, David, and why is it maybe not appropriate to jump on this movie? Well, there are two categories of jumping on you people. One of them is, it wasn't that funny. And then the other category is, you know, uh, it, it used harmful stereotypes. Uh, connected to anti-Semitic tropes. I have sympathy for both. Uh, 
I just think that it's really important for the Jewish community that to distinguish between the real haters, the Ku Klux Klan, the white supremacist, and you know, and then the, the comedians. And we have a long history of making America laugh because there's two great stories in America. They might be hate for the Jews, but there's also love for the Jews. And a big part of this love for the Jews is connected to our ability to take a joke and to make America laugh. So I'm always concerned when we go after the comedians in, with the same kind of intensity that we will go after the Charlottesville white supremacists. So I thought in, 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 in you people, it wasn't a very funny movie. I didn't enjoy it like from that standpoint, uh, but I just didn't think it merited making a federal case out of the stereotypes. And one of the examples I use is there is a great show called Curb Your Enthusiasm that makes fun of these same stereotypes. And we never complain about that. And I think one of the reasons is because he's really, really, really funny. So there is a there is a scene in Curb where you know he's really upset because his divorce lawyer is not Jewish, right? And it's hysterical the way the scene is carried off. But if I think enough about that scene, I could say, you know what? That is a really harmful stereotype of that wily Jewish lawyer who will save you a lot of money. That is the kind of anti-Semitic trope that created so much violence over those centuries of persecution, right? So, so this is where I try to draw the line is to make sure as we fight anti-Semitism, to make sure we still are able to keep our sense of humor. And I think it went a little too far with you people. I totally understand what you're saying. And I'm, I'm worried, wondering about two things. So one is, I agree with you. I just watched the movie last night, obviously knowing that we would be having this conversation. And I found myself sort of in the middle, mixed mixed emotions about it. I laughed out loud at a lot of things that I thought were very funny because I thought they were sort of founded in some sort of realism and some sort of authenticity. Other parts I had difficulty with and I found really painful to watch because when things were brought up like Farrakhan and when things were brought up about this, this um, trope of Jews benefiting from the slave trade or what have you, they weren't really addressed, they weren't really resolved. So somebody who doesn't have the background that you and I perhaps have may not be able to distinguish trope from fact. And right. that so, I found difficult and upsetting. So how do you respond to that? It, it all came down to that one scene, the dinner scene, when the two families finally get together. And all the, the, the most of the negative stuff, it was the Louis Farrakhan, the, the slave trade, the idea that we're white and privileged, you know, it all came around that dinner. So uh, Louis, Julia Louis-Dreyfus was the mother. She tried to push back on Farrakhan and very, she was kind of very delicately kind of walking on eggshells saying, oh, what about what he said to the Jews? So she tried to push back. Nobody pushed back on the slave trade except to say that we also were slaves. So what I found, I had two problems with that scene. Number one is that it really wasn't funny. Like, uh, and because it wasn't funny, there was no attempt to really defend the Jewish point of view in a super, super funny way. And I think had, had, had Elon Gold written that scene, it, it might've been hysterical or even Larry David had he written it. So I think it was more cringy and it was awkward 
But then the other thing I found interesting about that scene is that it spoke to really kind of interesting truth, which is that a lot of Jews in America uh, do feel a little privileged and, and they do feel maybe a little bit guilty, right? So they do feel that they need to kind of walk on eggshells and you can see how the, the Jewish, the, 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 the white family, the Jewish family really went out of its way to try to look like they're inclusive. Of course, it was awkward because they didn't know anything but black culture. In the same way that the blacks in the scene knew very little about our Jewish history. So there was lots of ignorance there. But that ignorance itself spoke to a, a very important truth, which is that it's true that Jews today, um, you know, feel a little bit guilty of their privilege. And you can see how delicate they're treating it. Because the whole scene, by the way, was a total flip on guess who's coming to dinner. So 50 years ago in that movie, the white family is not sure about the black guy who wants to marry their daughter. But 50 years later, it's the whole reverse. Now you have this Jewish family who so think it's so cool that they're gonna have a son-in-law who's, son, I'm sorry, a daughter-in-law who's black. And it's the black family that, that's not sure. So there's a whole interesting modern flip on that story. So for me, I also was disappointed at the, um, at the slave mentioned. I was disappointed that it wasn't done in a funny enough way for it to register. But I, but I appreciated how it spoke to a certain truth that is very relevant today. That's really interesting. And you bring up another point and you write about this in your piece, which I think is also, maybe this is, needs a whole separate interview with you someday, but the fact that you're not seeing Sephardic Jews, Jews of color on screen, um, and that Jews are, when we do see Jews on screen, on television or on film, it's mostly white or white presenting Jews. And uh, that that is, you said, offensive to you, but you're not making a big thing of it. Um, but it's, I wonder like, what if there was a Jew of color? What if there was a Sephardic Jew in this film that then opened up something that we don't usually see, opened up some commonality? Maybe that would have opened up a bridge in this story, who knows? But I, I wonder about that because, you know, if you go to Israel, you know, half of the population basically are Sephardic and they're Jews of color, Jews from Arab countries. And this would maybe bring in an element of, of a little more understanding and tolerance, perhaps. If I put on my editor-in-chief hat, my ADL hat, then I say, yeah, if I'm looking at an ADL report and or community reports from the Jewish Federation, and I feel that the Sephardic Jews, Mizrahi Jews are not in, included enough, I can make a federal case but I'm watching a comedy. And when I'm watching a comedy, the number one thing I'm looking for is, are you gonna really, their goal is to entertain us and to make us laugh. So I do not have a right to not be offended, right? So yes, it offended me that the Sephardic Jews were not included, but so what? So I'm offended. And we've come to a point in our society where we feel that it's wrong when we're offended. And I think the Jews should aim higher because right now you got the victim Olympics happening in America and everybody's competing to see who's the biggest victim. And we don't do well in those Olympics. And I think we should kind of aim higher. We're not just victims. We're people who can contribute knowledge and truth and insight and humor 
to society. And the ADL does its thing. And we have all these different groups that do their thing. And then you have the comics. I really encourage your audience to see Elon Gold's got a bit where he uses all the stereotypes, the Jew stereotypes, and he makes fun of the Charlottesville march, Jews will not replace us. It's hysterical. We don't want to replace you. We want to fit you in a 30-year mortgage and all that. He plays with the stereotypes, but it's very funny. So I just, I'm pushing that we keep our sense of humor when we deal with comedy. And if there's a community report that, that um, excludes the Sephardim, then we have the right to make a federal case. Understood. Is there a red line, though, for you personally? Like when Dave Chappelle, um, that whole SNL monologue was happening that people found offensive. Is there a comedy or are there instances where you say to yourself, you know what, for me, that crossed a line? The only time I really felt that was when Larry David was the announcer on Saturday Night Live. And he poked fun at dating at Auschwitz with Holocaust. I just found that that was really cringy. It was tough. Yep. And he wasn't in his comfortable curb mode where there's no laugh track. He's not trying to make us laugh or eavesdropping on a kook. In this case, he was looking at us as a stand up comic and trying to make us laugh. And I felt that really was really cringy as far as uh, Dave Chappelle, Space Jews. Uh, sure, it's a little offensive, but you know what I say when I get a little offended? I look at it as freedom of speech for me is such a priceless, valuable thing. You know, I come from the third world. I was born in Morocco. I don't take freedom of speech for granted. So for me, if I'm offended by something, I look at it as the price I have to pay for this incredible freedom. And more often than not, it's a good deal. It's a very interesting perspective to have. And I also wonder if, if for, for Israelis, let's say, for example, also may look at this differently and think like, you know, we have, we have bigger things to worry about than some romantic comedy on Netflix, even though it's doing very well on Netflix. Um, and it's to a very wide audience, you know, then worrying, like you're saying, worrying about comedy. The flip side of it is it does have a very big audience. And is it reinforcing any sort of, anti-Semitic stereotypes or, you know, do you feel that there is any concern about, you know, without slamming the film, but just that, again, people, yeah, the, the reach is very wide with this movie. We pay a price. Mm -hmm. There's no world where we will not pay a price for these things. We will pay a price and we are paying a price. The question is, you know, um, how do we deal with that? Do we, do we think by complaining and exposing it, that it's going to really help? Is it going to make one less Jew hater because we complain about the, the scene with the slave trade? I'm not sure how useful that is mm. by drawing attention to it. So we just have to be careful how we approach this these anti-Semitic tropes. When it comes from a professor at a university, I say, let's go all in. When it comes from a formal organization, an NGO, a BDS group, all in on fighting for the truth and fighting against lies. But with comedy, I think we, we ought to allow a little bit of leeway with comedy because we're known. One of the reasons Americans love us is because we're supposed to be funny. We're supposed to be able to take a joke. And there is a point where we can complain so much 
that it becomes a sign of weakness. And nobody likes weak people. And the truth is, we're not weak. We're really strong. And we are generally successful. And, and, I, and I think that needs to come across as we fight, rather than trying to play the victim Olympics, even if we have to pay a price for the occasional lie or anti-Semitic trope. What you're saying is so interesting. And I mentioned earlier um, in the first part of the interview that the, the, the real issue I had, if I had to pinpoint an issue with the movie is that I feel like there were missed opportunities just to have a better conversation because black Jewish relations you know, have, have a wonderful long history. There's so much that we do have in common. And I feel like there could have been there was room. We don't see these kinds of stories on screen very often. So it's kind of like, okay, you have to get it right. You have to do it right because this is what we want to see. I feel like something was missed somewhere it's, it's that could have been. Line. It's, it's a fine yeah. line and I'll tell you why. If, if the viewer feels that you're doing it for some kind of a woke reason, mm. you know, if they see, ah, oh, they feel obligated. The ADL told them to put this scene and they got all the different kind of Jews at this dinner table. And you feel that there's some kind of a political unifying agenda. Then it kind of takes away a little bit from the entertainment value. I think the real genius is to be able to do exactly what you said, but to do it in a way that's hysterically funny. And, and as, long as, as long as they keep the focus on hysterically funny, then that truth will come across. Well, if you want to read more about David's thoughts on you people, check out his wonderful article on the Jewish Journal, jewishjournal.com. David Suisa, editor-in-chief of the Jewish Journal, Tribe Media, thank you so much for being here and for sharing your point of view and your time with us on JBS. My pleasure. And thank you for watching In the News.